Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, it's Latif from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. I'm Jamie Floyd, host of All Things Considered at WNYC. You're listening to Politics Brief, a collection of our very best coverage of the 2018 midterm elections. We'll share the sharpest and most timely talk, analysis, and original reporting from shows like The Takeaway, The Brian Lehrer Show, On the Media, and Radio Lab Presents More Perfect, and from the WNYC Newsroom, which is watching key races in New York and New Jersey. Enjoy. I'm Tanzina Vega, and this is The Takeaway. In the United States today, there is actually more than one open job for every person looking for work. Think about that for a second. Right now, there are more jobs than people able to fill them. At the height of the Great Recession, there were about six people looking for work for every vacancy. New Labor Department numbers this week point to a record number of job openings, 7.1 million jobs. And a booming labor market like this means it's also a great time for employees to ask for more money or find a better job. Harry Holzer is with me to talk about why the economy looks the way it does, how workers can benefit, and who is left out of this prosperous moment. Harry is the professor of public policy at Georgetown and a former chief economist for the U.S. Department of Labor. Harry, welcome to The Takeaway. Thank you, Tanzine. It's nice to be here. So wait, there are jobs? How do we get here? <laughs> well, it's been it's been a long road back. You know, the recovery from the recession uh, technically started in 2009. Uh, only until 2010 did we really start to recover. So, so we've now been in a uh, in a recovery for eight, eight and a half years. Uh, and, and, and that's been the road back to this strong labor market. So the president, uh, President Trump tweeted a celebration the other day. He said uh, about these 7.1 million job openings. And the president tweeted, astonishing. It's all working. Harry, what does he mean? What is working? Are there Trump <laughs> administration policies that are contributing to this? Well, a little bit. I mean, the, the, no, no surprise that, that the president uh, takes credit for every positive development. Look, this, is, this has been a long recovery. Uh, what we see is mostly a continuation of, of a kind of gradual tightening uh, that we saw for six years under President Obama. Um, I do think there's a, a bit of a Trump effect. I think uh, the tax cuts that just started to kick in this year um, probably have a small effect that, that bump up the economy and, and bump up the labor market a little more than it otherwise would have. Uh, that doesn't mean it's a good policy uh, because it, it's like a sugar high. It'll last very briefly. It's really bad policy because eventually we're going to have to pay for those tax cuts one way or the other. The positive effect will, will wear off uh, within a year or two. Um, but, but, we, but we left with we'll be left with trillions of dollars of more debt. I think there's an important question to ask here too. There are 7.1 million job openings, but what kind of jobs are we talking about here? Well, they really cover the full range. Um, and, and if you look at the vacancy numbers uh, in that report, you see them in a pretty wide range of industries. So, for instance, you see them in professional services, for which you usually need at least a BA, if, if not some kind of graduate degree. Uh, you see some of them in, in places like construction, uh, where you need some skills, uh, although not necessarily uh, uh, a post-secondary credential. And then you see them in places like leisure and hospitality uh, or, or even retail trade, uh, where folks without much college or without even work training uh, can get hired. 
as long as they are job ready, as long as they can come in, get to work on time every day, uh, sometimes pass a, d- a drug test, etc. We're talking about the labor economy with Harry Holzer, professor of public policy at Georgetown and former chief economist for the U.S. Department of Labor. Harry, is it easy or should people start asking for more money? Should people start asking for a raise if they already have a job, given the job market uh, and what it looks like right now? Well, uh, the average answer to that question is yes. Now, again, it always varies from one industry to the next, one occupation to the next, depending on how many other people in that region are, are ready to replace you. But, but yes, this is, these are the best circumstances uh, in over a decade. Uh, when the labor market is this tight, workers have more bargaining power. Uh, and, and, and when it's harder to replace them, if they leave, yeah, they they have more more room to bargain and to ask for pay raises. So so overall, it's not a bad strategy right now. What about wages themselves? We often hear that wages have not kept up with productivity, with um, unemployment, or with employment. Um, that workers are making less today, relatively, than they were thirty, forty years ago. So where are wages today? Have they gone up as well? Well, you know, wages have been the most disappointing aspect uh, of this recovery, uh, and we haven't seen great wage growth. The last few months, it looks a little better. Uh, the last two months, uh, the employment reports have shown wage growth in the 3 to 4% range rather than 2 to 3 If that lasts, uh, th- then it looks like we're moving into to a new phase where we're, we're Everything looks positive, uh, and, and, and we'll see if it lasts. You know, the other thing, of course, is productivity has actually been pretty weak uh, in the last decade or so. So uh, it's, it's hard to have great wage growth without very good productivity growth, but, but the news from the last few months uh, has been more encouraging. Can you drill down a little bit more into that? Because I feel like workers are working a lot, and, and we never stop working. So how, tell us a little bit about that productivity number. Well, productivity uh, is really uh, the output of goods and services per hour worked. So it might well be that that workers are are working a lot of hours and that that we have a lot of employment going on. It depends how productive each worker is on average uh, in producing whatever goods and services they produce. And and those numbers have been pretty flat. Uh, We had a good good decade in the late 90s and early 2000s around the dot-com boom. But except for that, they've been pretty flat. And, and we need to figure out how to get productivity up to have long-term uh, wage and earnings gains and not just a bump while the labor market's tight. Let's also talk about two groups um, of people who often don't get highlighted here. There are the long-term unemployed, those folks who just can't seem to get a foothold in the labor market, and also those that say they are underemployed. They're not working uh, the hours or the types of jobs that they want to be working or feel they're qualified to work in. What do you see for those two groups, long-term unemployed and those that are underemployed? Well, for, for both those groups, you know, we, we wish the numbers were a little better. Um, in, in a labor market this tight, those people have the best prospects they're going to have. But, but, but you're right. They, they have often been left out. A lot of the people who are long-term unemployed have actually left the labor force. Uh, they have stopped actively looking for work. Uh, for some of them, it's very hard to come back in. They might uh, have gone on disability insurance, or they might have developed an opioid problem, or they might have a criminal record. Lots of stuff can keep them from coming back in. And even when they do start looking for work, 
you know, that, that long spell without work uh, can be a negative signal to employers. Like, uh, you know, this guy isn't that trustworthy, depending on who, on who else is applying for that job. Uh, they might still get it. So, so we've seen a small number of the people who had left the labor force trickle back in. And by the way, I'm not talking about retiring baby boomers. I'm talking about people, prime age workers between, say, 25 and 55. Uh, there's been a small trickle of those folks back in. Uh, a lot have remained out. And of course, the longer they're out, the harder it ever is to come back in. Now, the other group, the group uh, involuntarily working part time uh, or, or not quite in the job they want, you know, th- this is a good time for them uh, to try to move up move up the ladder, especially if they have skills or work experience. Harry Holzer is a professor of public policy at Georgetown and former chief economist for the U.S. Department of Labor. Harry, thanks so much. Uh, My pleasure. And we want to talk to you, our listeners, about how today's labor market is playing out for you. When did you last get a raise? What did it mean for you? From blue-collar hourly jobs to white-collar roles with big salaries, we want your stories of getting raises and bonuses or just trying to get those things and being turned down. I'm from Elizabethtown, Kentucky. I've worked for the state in workforce development for 15 years. I've never received a bonus. The last raise I received was 2015. It's sad the workforce is crumbling and we still don't value our loyal workers. Tweet us your stories with the hashtag MyLastRaise. On Twitter, we're at The Takeaway and I'm at Tanzina Vega. Or you can give us a call at 877-8MY-TAKE or head to our Facebook page. Thanks for listening to Politics Brief. If you want more, go to WNYC.org slash election.